Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you. Back with all of you. I have missed you all. 
since our last show on Thursday. Uh, I hope you all had a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. I uh, I hope that uh, you uh, you know took time to reflect and uh, greatly appreciate all of our amazing veterans and the the unbelievable job and and uh, courageous job they've done for our country and the way they fought constantly with their blood with their blood sweat and tears for our uh, for our security. Uh, we'll never never forget. Uh, like I do every episode, I want to thank. All my sponsors, my audience, my guests and co-hosts, you guys are all incredible. Uh, the show just keeps getting bigger and bigger and better and better. Um, we're listened to in 23 different countries and on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, thenetsnesgenusa.com. And remember, in the coming weeks, we will be uh, launching the new media network with many notable names uh, doing shows, and I can't wait to share that with all of you. And it's going to be a 24-7 network. Uh, I've talked with many people about this, and uh, I will continue to talk with more of my co-hosts who I have not ran it by yet, but uh, Daryl knows uh, exactly what it's about, and uh, we had a great conversation yesterday. Uh, matter of fact, I want to introduce Daryl, uh, conservative talk show host, 2024 presidential candidate, activist and best-selling author, Daryl King. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, brother. We certainly did have a, a wonderful conversation last evening, and, yeah, it's very exciting for all of your audience members. A lot of exciting things to tune into coming up, and uh, I'm certainly honored to be on board with Rory and the team, and I'm sure he'll be explaining more of it in the upcoming weeks. So looking forward to a great show tonight, and as always, thanks for having me, brother. Absolutely, man. Uh, also want to welcome to the show uh, doctor, award-winning speaker, uh, veteran, technology expert. Wow, I just, I just lost it. Hold on. Technology expert, best-selling author, and commissioner of Parks and Recreation for Maricopa County, Dr. Bob Branch. How are you, sir? And thank you for well, your I'm service. Well, I'm doing fantastic. Hey, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me back on the show, and it's great to be on the show with future uh, President Kane there, and uh, look forward to hearing your good news. I, You know, this this is day 14, Rory, of something that you're really concerned about, and that's oh, yeah. Alyssa Milano's sex strike. Now, I'm proud <laughs> to announce that there is not a single conservative that has been adversely affected by this strike. I look forward She's to talking to you all tonight. Men favor. She's doing all men a favor by keeping that smelly twat to herself. Excuse my French. Probably shouldn't have gone there, but I, I can't stand her. I think she's the most ignorant human on the face of the earth. Um, <laughs> I, I do, I you do know, that's welcome. about as – Go ahead. I was just going to say that's about as effective as a, 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 a Sally Struthers uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, food strike. I, I'll tell you what. It's just incredible. So. It really is, and, and it, it, it is it's hilarious. It truly is, Dr. Branch. Dr. Branch, great to have you here. Uh, I also want to welcome to the show founder of College Republicans United, founder of Republicans United, and currently the leader of Nationalists United, Kevin Dukeifer. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I had a splendid Memorial Day. 
I'm very, I couldn't be more grateful for uh, living in this country and all the freedoms that our constitution, our armed forces, and our people have provided us. And I hope we have all had a time to reflect on the uh, great uh, men and women that have uh, served our country and especially those that have fallen. Absolutely. Very well said. Um, guys, I want to I get into a lot of things right now. I mean, there's a lot to get into. Uh, you know, first I just want to say that I'm reading headlines over and over of just complete idiocy. It's, it's the complete opposite of, of what America stands for. It, it's as anti-America as it gets with, with, with the left narrative. I mean, I, I'm reading now that in Los Angeles County, they are going to try and implement a one-year travel ban to Alabama over the new abortion law. I mean, it's ridiculous stuff like this. You know, we see the left, how they are, like, they want to kill babies. They want to kill innocent lives. They want to have illegals flow into our country, but, but they want other people to take care of them. I mean, we have all, all of this crap going on, and, and I'm looking at the, the immigration reports and, and some of the stuff that's coming out. I mean, we had a judge that recently blocked the emergency $1 billion that Trump was going to use for the wall. I mean, putting our safety at risk. This was new news out just a couple days ago, last, late last week. And it's like, you know, it's like the people that are so high up in our government and, and have the authority are, are doing stuff that is, you know, like I said, anti of what our country was founded upon. It's also putting us in harm's way. You just have, you know, and I read about these reports constantly. Uh, at least every other day or a couple times a week, an illegal killing somebody or raping somebody. And there was just a report out that's absolutely repulsive. You had an illegal accused. Well, he actually did it. They know he did it, but that's what the report says. accused. has to, so it's gone guilty. But of raping and impregnating 11-year-old girl. We're having, you know, and I, I want to ask Trump, and, and, you know, everybody knows I love Trump. I look up to him. I think he's the greatest thing on earth. But I really have questions for him on why his Department of Homeland Security is 100% allowing border crossers with children. They're being let in and given work permits automatically. That was a report that came out. And why is DHS allowed to release 8,000 illegal aliens into the U.S. within an eight-day time frame? This is happening on a regular basis. And guess how? That's 185,000 released within five months. We have an important election coming up. We have people dying and getting raped in our country. We have these people, not all of them, a lot of them come here and work very hard, but uh, uh, some of them, a good amount of them, come here and mooch up our system. I think I read it cost taxpayers um, near, near like $100 billion with a B. Don't quote me on that, but it's somewhere around there. It's some ridiculous price on what it costs us on a yearly basis to take care of these people. And I, I hate more than anything when you have people that say, oh, they're just, they're just humans coming here to have a better life. I'm not denying that's the fact for some of them. But you cannot use that generalization like, like the left does constantly, constantly. There's no accountability. It's all political correctness, victim stance, crap. And if we keep letting this take 
I, you know, we just saw, you know, all all this stuff in other countries uh, with elections. You see, after Trump won, how many different countries were fed up with these social socialism, socialism and communism policies. People are waking up. People are, are you know, they're, they're getting smart. They're not staying, you know, people are not staying oblivious or staying in the dark anymore. I mean, there's some of them that you are too far gone, you just can't help. But you, you'd be surprised, guys. There's so many people that I've woken, that have, that I've, you know, interacted with that have woken up to the light. They've seen the reality. And they regret for years and years that they ever pushed any of this third world agenda uh, ideology. I, you know what, we really need to do something. Uh, you know, it's, it's all this stuff at once. And, you know, uh, this isn't President Trump's fault. This is the people that, this is the certain people that have been surrounding him that have been giving him bad advice. There are people in his administration that do not have his best interest at heart. Everybody, let's just face it. I mean, that's just the facts. You have all these people in Washington that are so out for themselves and, and are so out, uh, you know, for, for all these, these, cynic, just these cynical situations. You know, it's, you know, it, it, and we see, we see this. I mean, if this is any indication that people are waking up, CNN is hitting record low ratings. President Trump is absolutely right. So um, let's go to Dr. Branch. Go ahead. Well, Rory, as you know, I have a, uh, a place You're cutting out. In LA. Now you're good. Now you're good. Now you're good. And uh, any time that I hear that California wants to put a face on visiting that, I'm all in and out sometimes. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. So, uh, as you know, I have a place down in lower Alabama. And uh, yeah. so anytime the California wants to put a ban on any of their people coming into that great state, I am 100 yeah. percent in favor of it. So, yeah. you know, I'll tell you what, you want to ban Alabama for wanting to save kids lives. Go for it. You know, I, I, right. I, I couldn't be more proud of what they're That's doing. Well, and I'll tell you what, the the whole mentality of saying, well, we're not going to go to Alabama, first of all, they never did. So it's not like anything off of, off of Alabama. Alabama is a great state, and it's got a lot of good people, and these people here are testing the boundaries of Roe v. Wade. And don't forget, they go there to save money. Let's see them trying to film movies in California and how quickly they run out of money because it's so expensive. Oh, exactly, exactly. So when I hear that, I, I, I say more power to it. And, uh, you know, we have just, you know, regarding Mexico, we have just seen what private initiatives can do with the building of that one mile of wall down there in, what, in two days. That was yeah. a sight to behold. And uh, to me, that's, that's, that's money well spent. Uh, there's just so much coming from the left right now. You hear this rhetoric from from Biden, and Biden's coming across and saying that this whole Trump economy now is because of a Obama Biden administration. It's just <laughs> it's outrageous. They're, they're they're delusional. They're delusional. 
America is is waking up. They're tuning off. They're turning off CNN. They're turning off uh, all the other liberal shows. Uh, hopefully, they're turning into your show. Uh, and you know, quite frankly, you know, we are waking up. Uh, and couldn't you know? I, I understand you got that great uh, question for Donald Trump. And uh, you know, and those are questions that have to be answered. But I see a clear path of victory in 2020. That's the way I see it. Very well said, Dr. Branch. And, you know, let's face the facts on on what Trump ran on. You know, immigration was one of the number one things. And, you know, he promised uh, to take care of this. So, like I said earlier, I'm not putting this all on him. I'm not really blaming him at all for this. I think this is more of the people he's had around him. And, you know, I was just having a conversation earlier today, a long conversation, with our good friend, America's toughest sheriff and the godfather of immigration, Joe Arpaio. And, you know, I'm talking to Arpaio, and, and I'm saying, you know, what really makes the most sense and what needs to happen is he needs to put you in charge of Homeland Security. He needs to put you in charge down by the border, and we will have no other worries ever again. Because let's face the facts here. There's nobody that knows the border better than Arpaio. I mean, this guy will completely – save everything. I mean, this guy, nobody will get across. We've seen his amazing dedication and his, you know, his work uh, towards our country for so many years. And uh, there's nobody that knows it better. I mean, this is what needs to happen. And the fact that Trump hasn't called him up and said, hey, Joe, uh, it's time. Come, 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 uh, come work for me, you know, at the border. Uh, you know, it surprised me. I would have thought, this call would have happened a long time ago, um, and you know, I, nobody else, no, no one else could do this, do the kind of job that our pile could do. I mean, he, he's just like you know, uh, Trump's agenda: America first, uh, pro-American, looking out for our best interests, and uh, no BS. You know what I mean? Well, not not only not only you know the the Trump agenda. You know, our pal has what thirty years experience working yes. both sides of that border. Both yes. sides. He was the head you know, of remember he, he inside Mexico. That's yeah. and that's that's what we have to understand. So you know the and so your listeners that you know aren't familiar with Sheriff Joe, first of all, they should be, but aren't have to understand that. You have one person that is uniquely qualified for both sides of that border, understanding all of the players, not just, mm-hmm. you know, one side, America first, but both sides on how it actually works, on how the border works. And this is a person that cares about humans. You know, he gets, yeah. you know, he got a bad rap uh, that, you know, well, he's, you know, was was racist and stuff, which is the furthest from the truth. If you know the guy it is the furthest thing from the truth. He believes in doing his job. His job as sheriff of Maricopa County was to keep the citizens of Maricopa County safe and law-abiding. And that's what he did yeah. in the budget yeah. that he was given. And to me, there is no person, I agree with you, there is no person more uniquely qualified than Sheriff Joe or Powell to go down there on that border and run it. Uh, and to me, you know, it, it is a unique quality set. Now, you know, maybe it's the second term. You know, let's get Trump elected and uh, advocate for it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin, go ahead. 
Oh, yeah. So I think it's absolutely asinine, especially considering all the different um, groups of especially liberal uh, uh, groups that are trying to boycott essentially Alabama for the recent passage of the anti-abortion uh, laws and especially how they would uh, want to boycott these different states that are trying to um, secure their border. Uh, I concur with everything that uh, brought what Bob Branch has said, and uh, it, the best way to kind of see how much we're winning, according to all this populist nationalist uh, uh, wins that we've been getting recently, is you've been seeing on Sunday we had the recent election uh, across Europe. All these different, especially populist figures, have uh, risen uh, across the board. Uh, especially who's notable is Nigel Farage's uh, a Brexit party. This was a party that was formed about six weeks ago, and they are now so much dominating uh, as the leading party in the UK. And that is, I mean, you have the EU is the strongest power in all of Europe, and now they are losing control at such a fast pace. And it's because that they um, pretty much over <laughs> overreached and overstepped their bounds. And you have all these the big businesses that are in league with that uh, that liberal globalist uh, regime, and they too are are losing uh, losing power, and uh, that that really relates to America because you have now the people that are deciding that they they don't want to play into um, that that globalist game that uh, that they believe that they are willing to protect their national sovereignty, especially um, doing these GoFundMe's to build the wall. And uh, protecting their their state interests, and uh, especially you know people in Alabama, Georgia, Missouri, all these different states that are deciding that uh, they're it's worth to stand up for all these uh, a- anti-abortion laws and trying to challenge the Supreme Court and actually um, challenging Roe v. Wade and, and things like that. So uh, I I couldn't agree more that uh, we're making great gains now, and uh, we have uh, Trump and his uh, supporters to thank for it. Absolutely. Very, very well said. Uh, Daryl, Daryl, go ahead. Yeah, well, I'm glad Kevin touched upon what's happened in those recent elections over in Europe. And, yeah, the Brexit party is just kicking ass, and it's just a, a tremendous oh, yeah. story. Nigel uh, Farage, yeah, I mean, the man. Yeah, and, I, and I've had the pleasure of meeting him a, a few times, actually, at CPAC uh, this past year. I, I did a, a lovely program uh, I think it was called On Point, and I actually got to sit in the chair directly after they interviewed him. It was <laughs> it was really neat. He he's a real rock star, and what they've done with with that movement is just so fantastic. And and uh, I do have the feeling that uh, he is he is destined to to become prime minister of England at some point in time. And and you see this that you know the 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 people of Europe have had their backs pressed against the wall just as we have in the United States and and we we're we're operating out of a uh, a survival instinct and sometimes that survival instinct is really can make all the difference in these closely contested elections and uh, it's it's a very wonderful thing to see this rising up in Europe a lot of really good things going on in eastern Europe the, the Hungarian government has done some really tremendous initiatives, uh, many of which I've looked to as blueprints for things that we need to do here in terms of reinforcing the formation of traditional families and combating declining birth rates. 
rather than, you know, importing third world barbarians to replace people, actually encouraging your own citizens to repopulate themselves once again and organize proper families and these types of things. And certainly, I mean, what's going on in the border, we, we talk about it every episode of every week. This is, this is the pressing topic of the day. And, and we know, as you said, that the country is broken and really needs to be put back together. And in terms of Californians and a, a one-year ban into Alabama, I mean, you know, these types of things, we sit here and we talk about it and, and, we, and we laugh it off. But, you know, we, it's incumbent upon us as conservatives to be doing the reverse. And we need to be imposing any sort of pressure that we can on all sorts of states that are engaging in this uh, gender uh, theory curriculum, specifically on minors, which is fundamentally sexually abusive and unacceptable. You know, they do these types of things. I mean, they, they moved the, the NBA All-Star game out of, you know, North Carolina a few years ago because they put a law in the books that required uh, men to use men's restrooms and women to use women's restrooms. And, you know, they, they control so many various aspects of our society. We need to be doing the same. And Alabama is showing tremendous leadership, not just on this abortion bill, but they're really on a roll. They're, they're doing all sorts of things. They've, they've banned uh, trans contestants in, in uh, female weightlifting competitions and talking about some interesting initiatives. They're showing tremendous leadership, and we need to be telling these, these blue states that actually we don't want you in our state. Um, so, you know, and we don't, we don't plan on going and visiting you guys. So I think the country is obviously breaking down. We're balkanizing and we're, we're headed into some sort of a, uh, some sort of a, a major standoff. I mean, the elections are incomingly are becoming, excuse me, increasingly more direct representations of a nonviolent civil war and the consequences are, are only going to get steeper. So it's incumbent upon us as conservatives defending our core group and our constituents when we have a, a democratic party that is openly embracing communism and moving further and further to the far left. It's incumbent upon us as means of survival to mirror them with the strength and, and rhetoric of our own platform. Absolutely. Very, very, very well said. I, I do want to welcome to the show. Um, I believe I have him on the line right now. ISIS escapee, political activist, political strategist, and best-selling author, IQ Al-Razuli. IQ, how are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Uh, doing well. Great to have you here, my friend. Um, obviously, you've been listening. What are your thoughts? Well, the same as yours. The only problem that I see is that people are not waking up, both in Europe and in America, as fast as they should be. I mean, we have been discussing the same subject, as the gentleman said a few minutes ago, again and again and again. And we keep saying that people are waking up, but they really are not waking up. They are 47% of Americans are not waking up. My, my understanding is this. How is it conceivable that people in Texas, people in the border states of Mexico, are not rising up in revolution? I mean, why are they waiting for a... An election, they should come out and literally demonstrate against the, the people that they elected to remove them out of office. What is happening? Charity begins at home. Charity cannot begin with the foreigner 
with the illegal, with the alien. You have problems in the United States of America that everybody knows from CNN and from any other TV station. You have enormous problems. You have poverty. You have people who are sleeping in the street. Why are they spending money on illegals when they're not taking care of their own people? That's my question. I keep asking the same question. How is it conceivable yeah. for Americans who wake up every morning, watch the same program that I'm watching and you are watching, and are not rising up in revolution? Back to you, sir. You're absolutely right. And I ask, I ask that question every day. I mean, wh- why, when we have thousands and thousands of homeless vets, even I think it's probably in the millions at this point, of homeless vets that can't even get housing and get assistance, but they're giving money to illegal aliens. I mean, it's sick stuff, IQ. And, you know, there was just a report out from France that there's as many Muslims pra- uh, practicing um, than, there are, than there are Catholics uh, between the ages of 18 to 29. So the Muslims have completely destroyed France. Uh, and I'm looking at this kind of picture, and it makes me really scared for what could happen to the USA if there's just a few bad moves made, because all it takes is some terrible policies and some backwards ideology, and we could be next. What are your thoughts? You're right, but look at the picture. It's not the fault of the Muslims. The Muslims have had an agenda for 1,400 years to dominate the earth. That's their agenda. It's public. It's been going on for 1,400 years. The fault is not with the Muslims. The fault is with the leaders in Europe and America who are allowing them. You have a problem in Congress. It's plain in front of you. You have Ilhan Omar Rashida claim. Their loyalty is not to the American people. It cannot ever be to the American people. I've been saying this for years. Why is not anybody doing anything about it? They swore yeah. on the Quran, ladies and gentlemen, for God's sake. The Quran is the nemesis of the American Constitution. How is it conceivable for any Sharia compliant to be both a good Muslim and a loyal citizen among Kuffar? It's that simple. That's the question I keep asking. And the answer is they cannot be. Back to you, sir. I too. You you always bring up great points. You're absolutely right. Um, uh, let's go to Mike Peters in New York. Mike Peters, go ahead, and then I got to take a quick commercial and introduce our guest. But uh, Mike Peters, go ahead. Well, I heard if I'm on the right track with what you were discussing because I just came in here. I was I was listening to a, a conversation on the radio about this issue, and they said that a lot of people in in Europe are recognizing this fact more so than here in the U.S. and that they're actually talking about. Maybe going through, and if they're finding any any of these aliens, illegal aliens, it doesn't matter where they're from, Libya, Middle East, whatever they are, and they're criminals, they've been arrested, whatever, deporting them and their families, getting them out and starting to clean house instead of just having that open door. Now the door is going to start swinging the other way, and, and the liberals right away started screaming, you can't do that. Well, yeah, they can. And uh, it, it, look at some of the governments now. Look at the attitude in Poland and Hungary and They've shut the door. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to see it. They're fed up with it. And I, I don't blame them. There's some people from Somalia, Libya, everything else. And what are they contributing to the culture? What are they contributing to these host countries? Nothing. For the most part. They're users. They're draining it. And people are starting to recognize it. So I think there'll be a change. I'm, 
I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful there'll be a change. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm staying op- optimistic. Uh, everybody, we will be right back, though. We'll be right back with um, um, Dwayne Hennon uh, running for Congress out of Ohio. We can't wait to talk to him. We'll be right back, everybody, on the Rory Sauter Show. Stay with us. Where can you find a burger inspired by flavors from near and far that mixes the smoky with the sass of the South? Combines the sweetness of summer with the tang of the country for savory, sizzling, unexpected flavors. Well, you can find it at McDonald's. The new bacon smokehouse burger. It's the newest flavor of the signature crafted recipes by McDonald's. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like risky flat iron steak and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse harder blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past episodes, past clips, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, the next, N-E-X, gen, G-E-N, U-S-A, dot com. Again, that's the N-E-X, gen, U-S-A, dot com. And uh, in the coming weeks, we'll be having many notable people doing their own shows on the network. And as I've said many times, we'll be announcing those details here uh, shortly, probably in the next week or so. I can't wait to share it with all of you. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show, um, doing big things, uh, very popular guy, a doctor, political activist, NRA member, and 2020 Republican congressional candidate for the 13th District of Ohio, Dwayne Hennon. How are you, sir? I am doing great. How about yourself? Uh, doing very well. Um, great to have you here. Uh, since it's your first time on the show, uh, like I do with all my guests, uh, when they first come on, I'd like to, you know, get your backstory, how it all started for you, the different chapters in your life, uh, all the different, uh, you know, things you've been through and how you got to where you were with the with running okay. for Congress. Fun stuff. Yes. Um, well, it's uh, kind of, kind of, you know, I really was never that politically involved over the years. Um, 
Uh, I, I'm actually a pastor, um, so, you know, I've got that, uh, you know, theology degree. Um, and uh, I was also a business owner. So, you know, we we're my wife and I are heavily involved in business and then being a pastor, you know, my heart, uh, you know, some of the, these last issues that are coming up just really grabbed my attention over the past years, you know, really since Trump got in even, you know, more so than, you know, there are always issues um, that I watched politically. But this time I was like, you know what? Something's got to be done. Someone's got to step up. And in our district in Ohio, we've had Tim Ryan for, you know, nine terms now, and we've seen absolutely nothing done. And I said, you know, someone's got to step up, and we really there, – there's no one stepping up. Uh, Chris DePizzo did, did pretty well last, last time, uh, better than I think most Republican candidates have ever done. But I think we can do better this time, and I think we can get uh, Tim Ryan out of, out of, you know, out of Ohio. So, you know, the biggest thing is just that, you know – Economically here, everything is just a wreck. Um, so as a business owner, I look at that and I say, well, you know, something's got to change. Um, as a pastor, I mean, you look at, you know, someone that's promoting abortions, even to the extreme late term, the day of abortion. Uh, something's got to change. we got to get some something changed in our country and get a change quick before we go too far. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I, love, I love how, you know, you've got the whole, you've got the whole package. You have you're a doctor, you're a pastor, you're a businessman. So you've come from all these different walks of life and all these different professions, and you can put this, you know, forth and utilize it so well. Yeah, and it's just a matter of, you know, kind of – and I think that's what we have to do collectively as a country is we've got to take all of our strengths and combine them, um, you know, so we can get something better. Uh, right now, we're not doing that. We're just, uh, you know, you look at the left, and all they want to do is just uh, obstruct what Trump's been doing, and he's been doing a great job. Um, you know, everything he's done has been successful, and we need to start looking at strengths, on, you know, on both sides of the aisle because, you know, right now it's, it might be hard to find someone left. But, I mean, obviously there's people out there that may not be in the politics right now but that would be considering themselves as being on the left side as a Democrat um, – they have some strengths, and we need to be able to utilize both, you know, Republicans and Democrats together in our communities. Uh, bring them together. Um, I have a little, uh, you know, saying on my website that says, "Without unity, there can be no community," uh, because we really have to work together as a country to get us, you know, where we need to be and to push us forward. Absolutely, you know, very, very well said, and you know. What what do you see, you know, you know, running for U.S. Congress, you know, the problems in Ohio, what do you see are the biggest, you know, that you guys are facing in your in your district? Um, you know, there's kind of a mixed pot there. Um, I'd say one of the biggest because, you know, for a while there we were like the number one, uh, you know, Trumbull County in Ohio was the number one county. For you know, overdose and deaths from overdose from the opioid crisis, and now we're number two. So you know, we progressed a little bit, but not enough. Um, that's a huge issue. Um, but I think you know, the core of that, we can solve 75% of that by working on our border, and that's a huge national issue. But it affects every community across the United States. So you know, we've got to you know, do something with our border, build the wall, you know, get some some security there. Um, that uh, will stop the flow of drugs in there here as well as the flow of illegals in here. Um, yeah, I love immig- immigrants uh, as long as it's done legally. Uh, you know, we have to have a system, and we do. And it's just you know, there's a lot of holes in our system right now. 
And another thing would be um, health care. There's a lot of people talking about health care in our, our area, and that's nationwide as well. You know, health care is just wrecked. Ever since Obamacare came in, it has devastated millions and millions of people with the cost of it, with how ineffective it is. Uh, you know, prescriptions have gone up. And Trump's brought some of those down. He's starting to, you know, get some where they're coming down a little bit. Um, and then the final thing, uh, you know, GM Lordstown is right in our district. And with GM Lordstown closing down, uh, a lot of jobs are needed. So we've got to bring more jobs into our area, um, you know, make sure people are actually getting a paycheck. Uh, for the past 20 years, we've seen a steady decline in population, steady decline in jobs, you know, and with the rise of a, a drug epidemic that no one seems to have a fix for. So I think, you know, those are probably the major ones. Uh, we could come up with some other ones, but, you know, I think those are probably the major ones that we're facing. Yeah, and please, you know, elaborate and explain how how bad the situation is uh, in in Ohio with the illegal alien uh, crisis. I mean, are, are there quite a few? Um, really, you know, it's like in our area, I wouldn't say there's a whole lot of illegal aliens. It's more of the drug trafficking that's coming in. Um, Trumbull County, like our area of Ohio, is one of the worst areas for um, human trafficking. Uh, with that, you get mm-hmm. sex trafficking and all the other things that go with it. So it's a huge crisis. And, you know, a lot of that stems from the border. I mean, and it's like, you know, you'll just have uh, – and, and even our young kids, I mean, you know, you got to be careful. You have to keep your eye on them because uh, people come up missing. And, you know, that's a huge problem. Um, and I don't know if it's really illegal aliens, but the drug flow does come from that. So, you know, and then from here, we've got easy access, uh, you know, going west, going east, so it's an easy route to, you know, kind of use to get the drug trans- transported to wherever they want it to go. So we're kind of a, I guess, a melting pot for the drug epidemic to come in here, and really it's our, our community has just been devastated by it. So, yeah, it seems like the drug, drug epidemic over there is bad. How bad is the sex trafficking epidemic? I mean, and who, have they figured out some of the people that are behind it? I mean, what What's exactly the scenario over there? You know, I don't know if they have a, a, a really a root cause of who's controlling it. Um, I mean, a lot of times it's just individuals, uh, and you know they're finding out that hey, you can make money by selling kids. Uh, you can you know catch a ten year old or eleven year old and sell them into uh, just human trafficking, whether it's for labor or whether it's for you know sex trafficking, and you know um, easily make ten to twenty grand off of a, a person. And more than that, if you send them overseas, you know, once you send them overseas, you're, you know, you're just making a lot of money. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, hey, they're looking for a quick fix. Hey, this will help me out. And right on, we're right on the eastern part of Ohio, northeastern part, bordering Pennsylvania. So from, you know, Youngstown, Ohio, over to Newcastle, PA, there's a lot of drug trafficking. There's a lot of uh, human trafficking where girls are just picked up and they're forced into, uh, you know, prostitution. Uh, and it's, you know, to, to find the, the actual cause of it, I, I think it's uh, people just looking to make a quick buck. You know, people, you know, and it's uh, our area has just, with employment, there's not a whole lot of good paying jobs. So that's an area we've got to fix. And uh, the matter of just um, giving law enforcement what they need to, to solve the problems, you know, to go in there and do their jobs. Uh, and, and that goes from drugs to human trafficking. 
the whole nine yards. If they don't have the equipment to do what they need to do or they don't have the task force to do that, then it's not going to get done. And unfortunately, we've had leadership here that have done literally nothing. I, I believe uh, one of the bills he wrote was uh, maybe one of the only ones he wrote was um, getting a couple post offices that were renamed. And, and to me, that's not enough over 17 years now. Uh, you, you got to see a little bit more progress than that. And, that. and that's what the people here are looking for. They're looking for someone that's going to go in there and actually do something, um, actually work you know, to get something done for our area, but not just our area. As a congressman, you have to work for the whole nation as well. Uh, for the betterment of all the people across the United States. Yeah, and you know, isn't it isn't it fascinating and, and crazy how these people get in there and they don't do a goddamn thing for all these years? I mean, they just sit sit on their behind and basically mooch and and take our money and basically u- utilize all the the powers they have for the wrong reasons. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, it's like what I've seen is, and that's why I've said, you know, I'm not looking for big corporate donors or big corporate sponsors because I don't want to be tied to anyone but the people. You know, the only one that should be pulling my strings is the people, not not a big corporation. Um, and, and it's you know, and that's the problem. You get so many things like you know, big pharmaceutical companies. Um, you know, you got you know hospitals and everything like that um, that are paying these politicians to not do a job. You know, because they don't want to be controlled. Uh, they don't want pharmaceuticals coming down. They they don't want you know healthcare totally fixed because it it makes them more money. So you know we've got to get politicians that are serious about working for the people, not serious about lining their own pockets. Uh, you know every politician. I, you know I wish they had to do a report every year that said, hey, this is how much money we have. Uh, you know they they're complaining about Trump's tax returns. Well, look, show us yours. Show us what you're bringing in because we know what you make. And I guarantee you, the houses that they have, uh, you know, they, they're raking in a lot of serious cash. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. And what what's your what's your competition like? Um, right now, as far as like in a primary, um, I mean, I don't want to throw a nickname out because I already have a nickname for him. But I, I have uh, Lou um, Weiser, which is a he he's a Democrat um, running as a Republican. Uh, the only reason he's running is because he doesn't like Tim Ryan either. So I don't think it's going to be a, a very big competition because um, most people just don't want a Democrat, you know, running as a Republican. Uh, you know that you may as well vote for Tim Ryan if you're going to vote for the other guy because uh, it's the same thing. He leans very far left, um, and I I kind of call him, you know, my to my wife I just call him Lying Lou uh, because you know if you're a Democrat, why are you running as a Republican? Say what you are. You know, if you want to run against Tim Ryan, run run against him in your party, and you know, get rid of him out of your party. Um, but don't come in masking yourself as a Republican, and then trying to put yourself up as, hey, you know, I'm going to do this, and then once you're in, that's not what you're going to be. We need a little bit of honesty in politics, which, you know, there's there's not not a lot of that. So, you know, it, it's tough to find. Um, I, I love Jim Jordan because he always says, do what you say you would do. You know, uh, and we got to do what we say we're going to do. You know. Go in there and fight for whatever you said you're going to do, and and fight until you get it. Uh, you know we need people that are going to you know go for the people and not not just for themselves. Yeah, I, I mean I yeah, and you know what what is your first um, what are the first three things you're going to do? Uh, wh- I mean when you get into office, I mean what what are the the, the top three priorities? Um, you know I think that one of the first things would be healthcare. 
you know, we you know we could have had something done um, when Paul Ryan was a speaker, um, but he just didn't want to push anything through, didn't want to work on it. And we've got to you know work for the people and actually get something done with healthcare. Uh, there's a lot of people you know whether they have no insurance or they just got insurance is garbage. Uh, that's a lot of it. With Obamacare, they're overpaying for premiums. Um, get in there, and you know the the problem in Congress is this: is the fact that a lot of these Congress people are actually bought by the pharmaceutical companies, and we you know we got to quit that. You know it's like you know you're not supposed to go in there just to get money. You're supposed to go in there and do a job. Um, so you know we've got to look at that and say, okay, number one, pharmaceutical companies have to be controlled a little bit as far as their pricing. Number two, we've got to open up um, insurance where you can buy across state lines. So if, in Ohio, if I find a policy that's better in California, I should be able to buy it. Uh, you know, we've just got to really, you know, even with hospitals, look at their pricing and say, you know what, you're overcharging here, you're overcharging there, and it's, uh, make it work for the American people. And at the same time, make it work for the companies because if you don't have the companies, you know, it, it kind of defeats the purpose as well. So it, it's a, a lot of work, so we've got to look at you know, how can we get that all to work together. But to do that, we've got to have Congress people that are willing to go in and actually take a serious look at it. Uh, Montana has a system that they're working on that seems like it works pretty well. They actually went in as a capitalist company and looked at the insurance uh, that were like the state-run insurance and found out, hey, look, this is where we're paying. And they've trimmed it way back as far as cost. And I think we can do that in every single state. Just a matter of you know, put it back into the hands of the states more than the federal government. Uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of people in the healthcare industry, and they're they're complaining that hey, the federal government needs to get their hands out. It worked better when their hands weren't in it, and that's true about a lot of things. Look at the VA. Do you really want healthcare run like the VA was run? I mean, I, I don't think so. Uh, and then you know, some other issues would be um, you know, in our area, our area specifically, District 13. Um, we're going to have to do something as far as, you know, creating jobs. We're going to have to do something as far as um, getting some companies to move back in. And, you know, we've seen that with Trump, that some companies have moved back in. Uh, I think it's Black & Decker just is coming back from China, um, going into the Texas market. Uh, so we need to get some more companies that will come back. You know, it, it's kind of sad what GM's doing after we bailed them out. You know, now they're bailing on us. Um, I think that was a poor contract. There should have been a contract that kind of stuck them in place rather than just giving them millions of dollars and then letting them walk with it, you know, once they're making a profit again. So it hurt a lot of people, uh, you know, and then the border and immigration is a huge issue. It's something during the first two years of Trump's presidency should have been solved. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of bad characters coming across the border. And it's not all of them. And I get that, you know, you know, you hear Democrats say, well, it's not bad people. Well, um, there are bad people. And even if it's just a hundred bad people out of all of them, that's a hundred too many. So we got to get, you know, enforcement, number one, uh, we've got to get the loopholes out of our immigration system, make it worth, you know, where they can get in legally if they're, if they're coming in, not where they're, they're having to cross our line, you know, you know and just, uh, if they're illegal, they're illegal. You know, it's, it's a crime. Send them back. Get them out. Deport them. I think your last uh, guest that was on uh, was talking about the same thing over in Europe, you know, with some of the you know, Muslims and things like that that were coming in. Um, you know, deport them. You know, and that's our law. We could be able to do that, but we don't enforce our laws. We let them come in and then catch and release, and then we have a mess like we have today. You know, just uh, it's all over the place. 
Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Very very well said. Uh, let me go to Daryl. Daryl, go ahead. Hello, Daryl. You there? Hey. Yeah, something was up with the audio on my end. Hey, I really appreciate what you're doing out there, and I also appreciate. If I heard correctly, I think you said that you're a former pastor. I was wondering, especially as we talk about uh, child sex trafficking, if you would join me in calling for a federal ban on pornography and other forms of smut. Um, absolutely. Uh, you know, our country is so overrun with it. We are the leading country for pornography, um, and that's a shame. You know, America was known for its Christian values to begin with, and uh, we've let it erode because we sat silently. We sat on the bench. Uh, you know, whether it's Roe versus Wade, whether it's, um, you know, taking the Bible out of school, whether it's taking prayer out of school, we've sat on the bench too long and haven't fought for our values. And, you know, to get them back, we're going to have to fight really hard, but it's a battle I think that is worth fighting for. And when it comes to pornography, absolutely, I think there should be a ban on it. So that's terrific. I'm very happy to hear you be willing to come out openly and, and make that stand. It's absolutely the correct thing to do. We need to start taking proactive action on culture, and uh, it's refreshing yeah. to hear that because we do have people running for various things periodically, and I just have to ask some questions like that, and I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're, you're willing to take the right stand on that. And I actually think a lot of young people are, are, are willing to get on board with this idea too. I think a lot of young people in this country are fed up with the filth that they've been being fed, and uh, I applaud you for taking that strong stance. And uh, let's let's work on on getting this to uh, to the attention of Mr. Trump and continue pushing yep. for these types of reforms and others. I I certainly wish you all the best out there, brother. God bless you. And you're in a great state out there. I've got a lot of friends in the, in the Cleveland area, so I wish you all the best. God bless you. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you, uh, Dr. Branch. Go ahead. Yes, I want to thank you very much for uh, being on the show tonight. Dr. Branch, it's going out. Hear me. Now you're Can you hear me? Good. You're good now. Okay, I want to thank you very much for being on the show tonight. Uh, you know, I, 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 since you're a preacher, man, I, I can't be up too much about Ohio because I grew up two miles from Ohio, six miles from West Virginia in Beaver County. So okay, yeah. I remember the days yeah. when uh, – well, I remember the days when Akron and uh, Youngstown were thriving. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, you know, the drugs and, and the opioid crisis and the sex trafficking is because there's so much blight, urban blight throughout both of those states along that border. Uh, and it, it's terrible. I mean, your medium income is, you know, a little over 40, 41,000. And when you think about what Akron and, and, and Youngstown was back in the 60s and 70s, they were some of the nation's highest paying uh, places. So I'm writing, uh, not writing, I have an article coming out this week for Arizona, for politicians in Arizona. Now, Arizona is in a different boat than you are because Arizona is the fourth fastest growing GDP in the nation. We're out passing California, Florida, and Texas. Um, however, we have many of our politicians trying to act like Democrats talking about raising taxes for some for some reason, I, I, I don't know. So what I wanted, what I'm trying to do, and, and a, a suggestion that I'd love to give to you as well, 
Um, you know, John F. Kennedy, he borrowed from the New England uh, Council the, the slogan, a rising tide lifts all boats. And also James Carville, he coined the phrase when he was a political strategist for Bill Clinton, it's the economy stupid. I'll tell yeah. you right now, if I was facing your Democratic opponent, not in the primary because it sounds like you have it pretty well licked, but you're going against Ryan. And, you know, to me, he hasn't delivered anything right. to the 13th Congressional District. I would hit him with the, the John F. Kennedy. I would hit him with the, the Bill Clinton. It is the economy stupid. Why are these other states and other areas of our country having such uh, success in bringing in employers? You know, if you had the employers there, if you had boom there, you would have less opioid crisis. You'd have yeah. less sex trafficking because it is the economy, stupid, and a rising tide lifts all boats. I would hit them. I would say, I am going to work with Trump. We're going to make this a boom area. We're going to work on it. And that's how I would hit the if – if I was your political strategist, I'd just give you that piece of advice. I work at the number one and number two Christian universities in the world, so I, I love God-fearing men. So uh, I wish you much success. And, uh, you know, that's just my two cents worth because I know the people in that area because I, I still have family in Beaver and Pittsburgh. And the thing is, is they understand, they can see the economy growing around them, but they're really not participating at the border towns. Now, Pittsburgh has somewhat experienced a, a boom, but the Beaver County, the Butler County is going up there to Akron and over to Youngstown hasn't experienced the boom yet. They need a congressman right. like you to stand in and fight for that. Yeah. Join yeah. with Trump. Now you're familiar – you must be familiar with uh, Raccoon uh, Township down uh, in, in the Beaver area. Absolutely. I, I used to yeah. live there, actually. My, yeah, my uncle lives there. He was a fireman there, so you know I, I'm familiar with that area. Um, my wife and I actually own a store over in uh, Grove City, Pennsylvania, that we're actually going to be getting rid of because I'm not going into this like uh, I don't want to be doing two things at once. I want to go into it full time <laughs> for a weekend. At, you know, uh, it, it's impossible to juggle it. So I'm like, you know what? We're just going to get rid of our store. Um, it is you know, beautiful I, area. Grove City, Raccoon Township, beautiful places, yeah. man. Absolutely, we need the employers yeah. back. Now down in yeah, Manaka, you know, they brought that fracking plant. Down there, and it yeah. just you know revamped the whole town. But yeah. you know, your people want to see that. I'm just telling you right now, they want it. They want oh, a young guy like you to stand up and say, "This is what I need. This is what we need." Well, absolutely. And I think what we're missing here right now is we've got a guy that's in there, Tim Ryan, that wants to oppose everything Trump wants to do. Um, he doesn't want to back anything. He doesn't, you know, and then you want to attract uh, Trump to come in here and do something for you. Well, you know, it's a give and take in politics. And unfortunately, if you're not helping him, if you're against him, why is he going to come in and help this area? So, and I think, you know, our, our people here are starting to get it. We've had a lot of Democrats coming into our um, different GOP offices saying, you know, we want to, we want to sign up. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, how, how do we change, you know, and become a Republican? So, well, you the know, Democrat when I was a kid is now the Republican now, you yeah, know, absolutely. And because, the, yeah. you know, you would not see a John F. Kennedy be a, 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 a far left Democrat. I mean, it's just absolutely, you not. know, that's, yeah. 
so you could relate to these people and understand that, you know, their plight's your plight. Tim Ryan is not putting, you know, again, using another presidential slogan, he's not putting a chicken in every pot. He's not doing that. He's obstructionist. He is taking away from you. The jobs are leaving, not because of Trump. Trump wants to bring him here. He's doing it because Ryan is here. You know, elect you, get Trump in there, get you in there, build that economy up, get that medium income from 41,000 up to 62, 63,000, and guess what? Your problems go away. You have so many. Well, you have so many potential factories because your factories were closed and stuff where they could just bring and right right now just start working there. You got a labor oh, force. You got everything. Yeah, we've so. got the steel mills that are just sitting empty, uh, you know, that, that could very easily be reopened. Uh, you know, we've seen some like towards Pittsburgh reopen, and, you know, we need to get some here. Anything we could do to help you, just ask. I appreciate it. Are you still there? I am still here. Yeah, I think probably the biggest thing um, you know that we need here is uh, well, number one. We're going up against the guy that's right now running for president. Everybody knew from the beginning he's not going to get it. He knows it. Um, He's getting his name out there, um, which will help his campaign here because he gets a lot of free television. Um, Well, I mean, some of the free television stuff is just so dumb. He was on the other day, I think it was MSNBC, and he he said that uh, everyone should, you know, start watching MSNBC and CNN so they can get educated about what's going on as far as, you know, the Trump investigation. Um, if you're getting your education from CNN and MSNBC, you're going to the wrong place. Um, and, and I'm not saying, hey, just go to Fox News or things like that. You really got to, you know, I, I see a little bit of everything, um, you know, but, um, you know, that whole comment was that, you know, he's just plugging the same thing that he's been plugging. He was plugging it before he got reelected this last time. Uh, last time he was talking about that, you know, the Trump collusion, which we all find out was a hoax, which I knew from the beginning was a hoax. Um, but I think here our biggest thing is going to be fundraising because fundraising here is tough in the Valley because uh, a lot of people just don't have the money to raise funds. So, you know, I'm going to have to go probably a little bit nationally to try to get some. Uh, you know, and like I said, you know, I, I really don't want to go big corporate donors. Um, I kind of want to avoid that route, uh, you know, but getting on, on the certain stations in this area is tough because they're very democratic. So it's got really got to catch their attention catch their flair. And that's why I'm doing some of these shows because it's, you know, this actually reaches a broad audience where local stations don't reach quite as far, but we still have to use those as well. And, you know, running Mm -hmm. a campaign takes a lot of money. Uh, So, you know, fundraising, I'm going to be doing an event on June 18th here at our Mahoning County um, GOP office where there's going to be a fundraising event. Uh, So we're going to be doing things like that going from county to county, um, more or less like a town hall where people can ask questions because, I want to answer their questions. I want them to know who I am and where I'm coming from and know what my heart is. You know, my heart is not getting into politics to be a career politician because uh, I'm anything but that guy. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going in there to, to um, milk the system where I can get a pension down the road. I could care less about their pension. 
Um, I'd rather go in there, fix some things, and get out. Uh, you know, pass the baton on to someone else that has the same heart, the same desire. Um, you know, I'm just not the guy that wants to stay in politics uh, just to make make money off the people. Well, sure, and uh, I I don't know what happened to Rory. I I think he disappeared. I, I, hope just, uh, <laughs> I think I think you and I are just on guys, the phone together. Guys, right I now. Get, guys, I was on I was on mute while you guys were talking because I didn't want background noise, and I just realized that people are saying, "Where's Rory?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, I put the thing on mute." Here, here I'm back. Um, I I All do right. want to welcome back. Uh, welcome <laughs> thank you, um, Mike Peters in New York. Go ahead. Yes, as everyone has said, congratulations on running. Uh, it's great to hear that we have people like yourself and more, more we need more people like yourself running and, and taking some of these positions. But one thing I'd be interested in, in, in knowing, have you, have you been tracking what's going on? I think since 2009 or 2010, there was a big issue about Congress uh, being able, being allowed under, under the law, being allowed to use insider information, trading information, to turn themselves into millionaires. And everybody was screaming bloody murder about it, if you remember. Yes. And that forced Congress to pass a law stopping it. And then eight months or nine months later, Obama magically, quietly made it go away. So right. it's it, gone now. It, yeah. And they've been and they've been making money at it again, nonstop. And because that's part of the game. I mean, uh, would it be worthwhile? To, uh, did your opponent, since, since the liberals and the Democrats are really big on this tax return thing, did he uh, show his tax returns when before he was elected? Because it would be nice to see what they look like this time, if he's running again, and see how much he's really made compared to what he's being paid for well, his absolutely. position I, in Congress. I don't, I don't believe he showed it last time, and I don't think he'd want to show it again, um, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, and, and that's my big thing. It's like I think we've got to put a stop to that. Um, you know, honestly, I, I am all for term limits, even, you know, if we can stop it, you know, where it's, you're in there for, you know, as a congressman, you're elected for two years, hey, you know, get, get a four year run or something like that. But, um, you know, as a Senate, get, you know, you could probably go in for two terms and get eight years and be out. Um, but yeah, they're making a huge killing on this. Um, and really, it shouldn't be allowed. Uh, the same thing with lobbyists. You know, getting taking money from lobbyists um, should not be allowed. You know, where they're just uh, exactly. really, you know, they, they're really milking the system. And in the end, that means they're milking the American people. Um, you know, if you're going to take money from lobbyists, then don't take take a paycheck. Uh, and, and also, I think even with pay, you know, Tim Ryan. There's an article that just came out in our local paper that, that talked about how Tim Ryan missed a third of the votes, uh, like while he was in Congress. Um, Hey, why don't we do like the NFL? Hey, if you're if you're like kicked out of a game, that you have to pay a fine. Well, if you miss a vote, you have to pay a fine. You know, you, it comes out of your money because um, you know the American people elected you to work, not for you to stay out of the votes a third of the time. Uh, and I, exactly. I, I I tweeted that out, you know that that article, and I said, you know, I've had employees that they've missed less work than that, and I've terminated them because of that. You know, if you're not showing up to work, you're terminated. You know, it's like, but yeah. In Congress, you can do whatever you want, apparently, and just not show up to work. You know, show up, you know, five days a week. Show up and do your job. And if it takes, you know, working over a weekend, then work over the weekend. You know, right now I'm working six days a week. Um, Sunday is my day of rest, so I take Sunday off. But um, other than that, man, my wife and I work, and, you know, we're putting in 80 hours a week. And, you know, and it's, it's harder work than I think any congressman actually does. 
So I think we've got to get that back into our Congress where, hey, they're actually doing work, not just going there for, you know, a field day. You know, another thing that I'm convinced that our government would change overnight if all of a sudden they did away with the career staffers. If these career staffers were out of the picture because they take their baggage from one politician to the next one that's elected and they get assigned by the party to the next person over here and they bring all of their vile, all the garbage with them from politician to politician. They're the ones that drive it. All they do is stick their hand up, the new politician, turn them into a puppet, and they're the one driving it and actually doing the bills and everything, not the politicians. And, and Absolutely. I'd love to see them taken out. You know, so... Yeah, you know, honestly, it's like, um, if elected, I think I would actually want to uh, get my own staffers. I, I don't think I'd want to take um, anything that's career. Um, because, because, you know what... I know a congress a congresswoman who was elected, and the night that she was elected, Washington told her that the advisors <clears throat> that she had from the party told her that the people who helped elect her are useless in Washington, and that we're giving you those correct staffers that know the inroads and how to make your office work, and you have to get rid of all of those people that helped you. So she fired everybody that night. Yeah. These are the people that worked hard to get her in office. Talk about the trail. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so, that, that's just crazy. I mean, it's like, you know, um, I think you got to have people from your own area, uh, you know, people that are, you know, know what your district needs. Um, people in Washington could care less about District 13. They don't know what District 13 needs. They probably have never been here, you know, let alone, you know, um, they're worried about, hey, we've got to keep this, uh, this machine running because this machine is making us a lot of money. And exactly. it's time to do away with that. It's time to really have an overhaul of our government. I'm glad Trump went in there and started doing some things. But it takes more than just Trump. It takes other politicians stepping up and saying, hey, we're going to change this whole thing, and we're going to work with Trump, and we're going to push you know, th- th- his agenda forward and get things done um, and, and you know, kind of take his lead as president and, and then uh, make some things of it and you know, change our whole country by doing so. And you know, I, I, I'm just hoping that we can just drain the whole entire swamp. That includes a lot of staffers because you know, a lot of the staffers are in there for the wrong reasons as well. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, Kevin, go ahead. Wow, so I'm very honored to speak with you, and I'm so glad that someone like you is running for Congress. Uh, I'm very pleased to hear that you, having a history as an upstanding Christian pastor, that you're committed to fight uh, the essentially social conservative battles. I think that's very much missed in our current political uh, affairs right now, and especially I understand that you are well-versed and firm in your uh, fiscal conservative beliefs, your uh, understanding of the economy, and um, I, I believe that it's really the uh, working people, the blue-collar men and women that are really uh, working towards uh, funding our industry and our economy that truly are the, the backbone of our country. And I think that's something that most uh, millennials, people my age, um, don't really understand. So that's the topic I kind of want to get into right now is about some of the factors that go into uh, creating uh, these swing states. I know Ohio is a big swing state, and that uh, youth uh, getting older are one of the factors that uh, contributes to uh, the country going more blue. And uh, I come from Arizona, and so that's a very uh, it's becoming a swing state right now. And um, you know, besides the youth, uh, we also have all these Californians uh, invading our country essentially. Yeah. And we have. Uh, we have especially uh, Tom Steyer's creating these campaigns like uh, Red for Ed, all these uh, pro, they say pro-education movements, and it's essentially this socialistic campaign to tax and 
and regulate our industry in order to uh, provide funding for, for schooling that really just goes to administrators. And I mean, there's so many different uh, topics to go into about how uh, our states across the country could be turning more blue in some aspects. But as I, I hear and I, I see that uh, Ohio definitely seems to be becoming a, a more conservative in, in a sense because you guys have uh, 13 congressional seats are Republican out of the 18. Your, your uh, state legislators uh, uh, mostly Republican. And uh, you're, you guys are getting a lot of uh, socialist Jews and uh, uh, Republican fiscalist Jews uh, uh, set forward. And so I just want to hear, so what are some of the main um, factors, uh, I say dangers, that are contributing towards your state or um, that are a uh, threat making it more blue or a swing state? Because also I see that uh, Trump is winning uh, in the polls uh, for, for all of Ohio against the Democrats. So uh, what are some of the, the Democrats' uh, uh, threats in, in Ohio? Um, see, like my area is um, very high Democrats. Um, you know, we're probably one of the worst districts for it, and that's why Tim Ryan's been here for so many years. Um, really, he's had the backing of the union. He's a union guy um, through and through. So, you know, I, I think that that's the hardest part where I'm at is um, winning people over to the Republican side. But now from uh, like 16 to 18, we had a huge swing going to, to the red. Um, and I think it's going to kind of continue into 20. Um, a big thing that's going to hurt Tim Ryan is GM pulling out. He's tried, you know, right from the start, tried blaming it on Trump. The problem is, is the past doesn't lie. It showed like the whole time that he's been in office, um, he's been losing jobs from GM. You know, they, they've been closing down slowly through the years. And uh, that that's his baby. That's not Trump's baby. Uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a tough thing. Cause I mean, it really hurt everybody here in the Valley. It, it's hurt us like as far as employment. Um, it doesn't help when it comes to a drug crisis. Uh, it doesn't help the housing market. Uh, but, but the population has been declining steadily for the last 20 years, actually probably more than that. Uh, under Trafficking, it was declining as well. Who uh, Tim Ryan worked for Jim Trafficking. Uh, Jim Trafficking was actually more of a decent guy. At least he was uh, you know, on, on the left, but you could work with him. Where Tim Ryan, he is just sold out. He's a puppet. He's a Pelosi puppet. Uh, you know, so to get uh, really Akron is probably our hardest. That's 30% of our vote is Akron, just the city of Akron. We got part of Stomach County where Akron is, and that is just uh, – th that's probably the hardest area to hit, the hardest people to reach because they really haven't had a decline like the rest of the valley. It has a little bit, but they've held pretty steady. Still don't have real high median income range, but – um, they've held fairly steady through both um, Obama, and now they've held steady through Trump. And so they don't see it as, hey, it doesn't really matter. So to, to motivate them, you, you really got to get out to motivate them, to let them know, hey, you know, uh, we need to be with Trump because look at the rest of the country and you know, look what he's doing elsewhere. And we're not really seeing a, a, any rise from that per se you know, uh, other, other than people are just tired. I think people are tired of Ryan. And I, I put out there, hey, you know, if, if you're tired of dying with Ryan, start winning with Henry because, you know, we can win this thing. We can uh, make it change. We can uh, get Trump working in, in our area as well, like he's doing in the other rest of the country. And we can actually make this area a great area. Uh, and I think, you know, yeah. kids coming out of college, they, they got to understand that, you know, it, it, it just doesn't happen. It, it's not something that's free. You really got to get out there and you got to work for what you want. 
Uh, I've, you know, I was raised, you know, from the time I was like, you know, knee high that, you know, if you want something, you got to work for it. So I think that's something we've got to get back into, you know, the, our, our American uh, bloodstream is that we have to work for what we want. It doesn't just come easy. Absolutely. Very, very well said. And uh, uh, Kevin, did you have another question? Oh uh, yeah, just to follow up. So, what would you say are the just the absolute like main uh, Democrat? Uh, you should even say socialist issues that are that are facing your state of Ohio. Uh, that that's really a, a dangerous threat in particular. Um, well, with Tim Ryan, he really pushes globalism. I mean, he talks about globalism all the time in this area. Um, and, and you know, it's uh, I, I like the American First policy myself. You know, because globalism has really come in and deteriorated our area. Uh, you, yeah. you look at China taking over our steel industries um, and leaving them literally empty. I mean, there's a few that are kind of smaller that are still running, but they don't produce a whole lot. Uh, so, I mean, that's a huge threat. I mean, when you're talking about our economy, the globalism issue is just huge. I mean, it has really wiped out our, our cities. And, you know... Uh, you know, Tim Ryan just being a globalist is uh, a huge detractor, I think, for him. But he doesn't get that. He thinks that's great because he thinks working with other countries is better than working with his own country and his own, you know, uh, own communities. Um, and in the meantime, our communities are dying. So I think that that's kind of a big detractor for for the Democrats. But if we let it keep going like the way it's going, we're not going to have a District 13. Um, I know Ohio is probably going to lose one of their districts. They're going to be looking at doing some, uh, like once 2020 uh, census comes out. Um, and our district is probably going to change a little bit. I think it's going to be changing easier for the Republican side um, because I think we're probably going to lose part of Youngstown. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure about Akron where that's going to be because um, they haven't really done the redistricting yet. So the maps are going to change. Uh, but they're going to try to take some of this district because it's so solid Democrat and push it off into some of the other districts that need the help uh, trying to win over the Democrat parties. Uh, so, I mean, but our area, I think it's going to help, um, you know, but I honestly don't think it's going to matter because in 2020 we're, we're uh, making this district red anyways, uh, regardless of how it's mapped, we're just going to make it happen. Um, I think we can reach the people that have, have been missed in the past, and I think we can get some more Democrats uh, voting Republican. Absolutely. Uh, IQ, go ahead. Everything everybody is saying is exactly the same, what we think. Trump needs support, but it should come from the people, not only from the politicians. Again and again, we come to the same conclusion, literally. In Europe, the people who elected their representatives, and their representatives have let them down. They keep repeating, electing the same representative. Same thing in America. The failed representative who is not delivering is elected again and again, which is really against human rationality. And yet it's happening all the time. Why elect the same failed person repeatedly? I have no idea. Honestly, I have no idea. But it's happening all the time. Why would anybody who is living in the border counties and the border states of the United States of America would allow any politician to speak about open borders? I have no idea, but it's happening. Could anybody yeah. explain it to me, please? I really would like to know. Is, that, that's a tough thing to explain because I, yeah, I don't understand it myself. 
I know in our area here in Ohio, um, Tim Ryan's been elected now for the ninth term this last November. And in nine terms, he's literally just done absolutely nothing. Um, our, our pot, like I said, our population's decreased. Our jobs have gone away. He's done nothing for the economy. Um, he's just, I mean, he's lined his own pockets. That's pretty much the only thing that's happened. Um, but there's nothing positive. And I agree with that. You know, why would any of the border towns in our country, uh, whether it's Texas, Arizona, uh, New Mexico, you know, wherever, uh, why would they allow it to happen? Why, why would anyone in America allow these open borders? Open borders is going to kill our country. It's going to let all the wrong people in and at, and at the same time deteriorate all of our communities, not just the border towns. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it definitely is one of those things. And um, I, uh, I, really, I really do want to thank you for coming on. Um, please uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, um, Dwayne. Yeah, I mean, on, on, on Twitter, it's um, at Dr. D-R-D, Hennen, H-E-N-N-E-N. Um, and you can follow me there. Or, you know, I, know I'm, I, I try to follow everybody back because, you know what, I want to hear from everybody. Um, yeah. Or you can go, my, my website is Hennen, the number four, Ohio2020.com. And uh, you can uh, you can uh, you know email me from there. Um, I respond back to everybody because I want to hear people. I want to hear what they have, their thoughts, their concerns. Um, you, you know, uh, Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Just look me up, uh, Dwayne Hennen. You can find me on Facebook. I've got a page for my campaign on there as well, which is um, I believe that one is Hennen for Ohio 2020, 13th District. Uh, you can find me on there. Um, and, and you know, if you want to donate and help out, because you know we. You, you know, as a politician, it's like I, I didn't want to enter this business as a politician, you know. But, you know, unfortunately, it does take money to run a campaign. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, you can actually go to the website. On my website, right on the front page there, if you click on the Republican logo, it will take you where you can donate. Uh, and I'm not looking for, you know, big donations, you know. If, you know, five bucks, you know, a, a Starbucks coffee, man, if you can just, like, donate five bucks, five bucks is five bucks. And it really helps out. Every five bucks will help us win and, uh, you know. Same thing on Twitter. I, you know, I always tell Twitter followers, hey, you know, if you can donate five bucks, you know, I, I appreciate it because it's going to help us. And it's like, you know, we're going to win, um, no matter what it takes. Uh, I'm going all in um, because we need to this seat. We need Tim Ryan out of there. Um, I know he's looking to become president one day. Uh, I want to put him to just stop him dead in his tracks. You know, and let him know, hey, the American people are saying no. Uh, you know, he doesn't have much following in the Republican Democratic Party either, as you can see with the national polls. Uh, no one really cares about Tim Ryan. Um, and, you know, I think people here are tired of it, too. So, you know, I, I appreciate everyone if they can connect with me uh, one way or another. Hey, just get with me. Uh, look over my website, um, you know, see what we're about. And, you know, if you can contribute, contribute. That's great. I mean, if you can't, the best another good way to contribute is just pray for me. You know, keep me in your prayers. Keep me, uh, you know, that's a great way. That's a contribution that I say holds more weight than money. Uh, money can only do so much. Um, but prayers can you know do more more than we can have, you know even think. Absolutely, and we really appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll definitely have you back soon, my friend. Okay, I appreciate it. All right, best of best of luck. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you, Rory. All right, take care. We will be right back, everybody. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRay Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation.
Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaceSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you missed any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, the next N-E-X, Gen G-E-N, USA.com, and remember, in the coming weeks, we will be having many notable people doing their own shows on the network, and I can't wait to announce all the details uh, to you guys. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show our, our next guest. Um, he's done a lot of great stuff in his career. Um, military expert, veteran, engineer, political advisor, campaign manager, and activist, Chris Kasp- Kasp- uh, Do I pronounce it Kaspersky? Kaspersky, that's right, yeah. 
Perfect. Well, welcome to the show, man. Uh, glad to have you here. Um, like I do with all my guests when they first come on, uh, tell me how it all started for you, all the different chapters you've been through in life, all your different accomplishments, how you got to where you are, all that good stuff. Sure. So I uh, live kind of between Chicago and Milwaukee in northern Illinois here, and I uh, uh, was born and raised in this area, and, um, you know, it's sort of that that late 80s, early 90s time when Michael Jordan was dominating and life was good Love and everything, it. and then, you know, all of a sudden uh, 9-11 happened, and uh, that kind of changed the whole entire outlook on the world, you know. Um at that point, I had a family member who joined the Marine Corps, and he uh, ended up becoming an infantryman, and, like, his platoon was one of the first platoons to cross into Iraq when the war started. Um, I mean, he he was pretty hardcore, and uh, he was a hero of mine. He still is. Um, and he fought all the way up to Baghdad, was there when, like, the Saddam statue toppled, and um, so he was somebody that I really looked up to, and when it came time for me to, to graduate high school and figure out what I wanted to do, I decided that uh, I'd give him a call and, and kind of pick his brain about, um, you know, joining the military because around that time the economy was going bad. And um, my dad was at, at the time was like, you either need to find a job with a company like UPS that'll never go away or <laughs> you need to join the military. And I was like, right. you know, I think the military is uh, the, the route for me. So I called my cousin up and I was like, listen, if I'm going to do this, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to do something cool. I want to do something that like I can really be proud of and something that actually would, would really mean something over there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that the military in and of itself is, is an amazing organ organization. I mean, every last person does a job for a purpose. You know I mean? We're all there to su support the mission. Um, but that being said, I mean, there is an end to that goal, and some of us have to be that end. So I wanted to be out there at that, that very, very end. And, you know, I was sort of young and dumb and decided I had to do a combat job. So I asked my cousin, I was like, you know, if you're going to go out in combat, what's the most important thing that you think you could do? And he shared some stories, some, some pretty harrowing stories with me. And he's like, you know what, over in Iraq and Afghanistan, the IEDs, the improvised explosive devices, the roadside bombs and landmines and uh, booby traps and everything, that's, that's the enemy's most common weapon. And, and, you know, most of our casualties are caused by that. And it's, you know, it's one thing to, to fight somebody in a firefight head on, but, you know, a bomb can just come out of nowhere and, you know, claim the lives of even the best soldiers that we have. So... Um, he's like, if you can go out there and find those things, you, and he's like, in my opinion, you'll be doing the most important job in the military. So I walked into, and then he, he gave me another piece of advice. He's like, look, I was a Marine, but then I, I also know that the army's got a deal where you could walk into the recruiter's office and lock in whatever job you want to do. So that's just what I did. I, I walked into the recruiter's office, said, I want to be a combat engineer. I want to go find those roadside bombs. The guy's like, you're crazy. He tried talking me into every other job, linguist, army diver, you name it. And I was like, nope, I got to go do this job. So I uh, I went to basic training in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, um, where I learned how to sort of diffuse landmines and roadside bombs and all that fun stuff. And then uh, when I graduated, I was 
told that I was going to be going to Hawaii and I thought my life was going to be nice and cushy and, um, you know, life was going to be great. And so, um, you know, I, I proposed to my girlfriend at the time and we're like, all right, we're going to get married. We're going to go to Hawaii. And then uh, my drill sergeants were like, yeah, not so fast, buddy. Your order's changed. You're going to Fort Drum, New York, which is like by the Canadian border and they get snowed in everywhere. And, um, <laughs> so he's like, bring a jacket. Um, so, you know, three days after I got married to my wife, I report up to my, my duty station up there and they're like, don't even unpack your bags. We're going to Afghanistan. And I was like, am I going to get any training before I go over there? And the sergeant's like, eh, the best training's on the job training. So I was like, well, I guess, I guess I'll have to find out. So, um, they did give me a little bit of training before I left, but I left for Afghanistan in, uh, um, early August of 2009, and that was just a couple weeks after Bo Bergdahl had went missing. So we get out to Afghanistan sort of at the surge of President Obama's, you know, surge over there, and uh, it was a pretty hot and heavy time to be down there in southern Afghanistan. It was, uh, you know, a lot of fighting, a lot of, uh, unfortunately, a lot of service members were killed around that time, especially down there. We were sort of in what they call the backyard of the Taliban, which is Kandahar and Helmand province. So and my job was to go, you know, sort of clear the, the main route and all the little side routes of all the landmines and IEDs and booby traps and um, any of the guys responsible for them. So we spent a year out there doing that. And unfortunately, during that time, I uh, the vehicle that I was riding in was hit by three of those IEDs and it... Uh, I, I sustained a back injury that I really only learned about when I got home. So I was going out on missions with a bum back the entire time. And, um, you know, we just worked and pushed our way through until the end. And we ended up like setting records out there for most IEDs found. And it was, uh, it was pretty crazy time at that time. But once I got back, the army said, uh, you know, once you have back surgery, you're, you know, really not going to be any good to us in this state. So, they uh, medically retired me uh, on an honorable discharge and sent me to school where I decided that I wanted to learn about that constitution that I, you know, pledged my life to defend and saw other people give their lives to defend. So I uh, moved my family out to Colorado Springs, Colorado, where I went and got a political science degree from a uh, incredibly, incredibly awesome program out there. I, I really couldn't uh, upsell that, that place more than I could. Uh, they're just awesome professors out there, very conservative and libertarian leading professors can be found there. If you look not, hard enough, um, which is uh, hard, especially in the political surprised to hear that. Uh, yeah, but you know, Colorado Springs is sort of the counterbalance to, uh, you know, the people's Republic of Boulder up there. So, um, okay. You know, I, I picked the, the good community to, to land, especially after just leaving the military, because Colorado Springs is a military community, too. So they've got right. the Army base and two Air Force bases and the Air Force Academy. So I kind of fit right in with the veteran community, and it, it allowed me to integrate back into society a little bit better after going through a year of combat and roadside bombs and all that fun stuff. So. Um, once I graduated, I, you know, I, I kind of had it in my heart that I was going to go to law school. Um, and then I tried that for a little bit down in Chicago, but, you know, being a veteran dealing with post-traumatic stress issues and stuff, 
I decided pretty quickly that you know, me going down to the city every day before I get the stuff managed was probably not the right thing. So instead, I decided to turn my uh, talents to running political campaigns. So um, I did that for a little bit. And, uh, you know, while I was doing that, I was kind of getting frustrated because here in Illinois, we were just getting the pants beat off of us in a lot of these races. And I would be going into a lot of these war rooms, and it seemed like a lot of these candidates were just throwing darts at the map and saying, that's where we're going today, guys. And I, you know, I knew that there had to be a little bit more uh, science to this, you know, after getting this degree. So, um, you know, I sat down and really started hitting even more books and kind of found this new art of political science called cephology. And that's um, a a Greek word where, you know, back in like um, Athens, they would, you know, vote by dropping pebbles into urns. And, uh, you know, it's sort of the science of counting pebbles or counting votes, you know. And so here I found, you know, the, some of the best and easiest ways of, of doing your political targeting was knowing just how your sort of battle space looks and where you can find the right, uh, you know, allies and, and where the sort of quote-unquote enemies are. You know, I, sometimes I joke with people that politics is just like war, except for you get to kill your enemy a thousand different times over. So, you know, it's it's a it's a nice little transfer for me to be able to sort of get right back into the fight again. And here in deep blue, thick Illinois, where uh, you know, being a, a Republican consultant around here isn't the easiest thing. Um, you know, I found that you know you have to sort of be a little bit more uh, innovative on how we're going to win some of these elections. So um, I applied some of these techniques and so far so good. I've won uh, um, six out of my seven races that we've, you know, I've been affiliated with and uh, it's been really a lot of fun just, uh, you know, watching some of the people that I really care about, um, you know, apply a little bit more science to their, to their methods here and getting the good results from it. You know, I'm not going to say that it's, you know, all me. There's, you know, these are really good people, too. Sometimes you just surround yourself with them. But I want to make sure that I find good candidates and I give them all the tools that I can to help them win. So, um, you know, that's sort of my story in short. But Very, very well said. Um, very fascinating story. I mean, there's so much uh, to talk about, you know, with, with this whole – the whole I, the IED situation – Explain that mm-hmm. feeling. I mean, you have one of the most important jobs, you know, out there, you know, in the in the field, you know, when you're when you're in this place yeah. overseas, and I mean, it has to be just completely at certain times nerve wracking, right? Oh sure. I mean, when I got out there, they they give you you know about like a week's worth of training, and um, some of these civilian IED experts. I don't know if they were just saying this to, you know, make sure that they kept us on our toes, but the guy's like, you know, there are more landmines and IEDs in this country than there are trees. And I was looking around, and I was like, well, I see a whole lot of trees around me. And then to your first few missions after that, you're really sort of tiptoeing everywhere you're going. You know, it's sort of crazy because towards the end of it all, you're just, you know, walking around like you own the place. But, um, you know, it's, it, it, war changes you. That, that environment will, you know, change anybody that has to get into that but um you know it was really kind of cool because sometimes you get on a helicopter and there'd be like a special forces guy sitting next to you and you know 
you just sort of sitting there chit-chatting with the guy and he figures out what you're doing and doing this route clearance stuff for them. And, you know, he gives you a fist bump and says thank you to, to you, you know, and you're like, wow, the special forces guy is thanking me. But, um, you know, he's like, we don't have time to really sit there and try to look for these things. We're just booking it to try to get to where we need to go. And, you know, right. whereas we're just crawling along and looking for the needle in the haystack. So, you know, some people say, oh, are you, is it like Kurt Locker? Like, I wasn't a uh, an EOD tech. Like, those are guys that will get called in to dismantle the really complex, you know, um, big explosives that might be found. But, you know, the simple, right. you know, five-minute police IED, you know, we were the ones that had to go out there and try to clear the roads day in and day out to make sure every other convoy can get through there safely. Plus all the civilians, too. I mean, there would be, you know, schools that would have – you know, IEDs and landmines placed in them. And, you know, I mean, if, if any place was seen working with Americans and they'd punish the people. So, you know, oftentimes we'd have to go back in there and uh, disarm that stuff. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a tough job, but somebody had to do it, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it really, this is really fascinating stuff. Uh, explain, explain the environment over there. I mean, you, you have, kind of a third third world ideology over there. I mean, the, the living is much different. Um, I'm assuming that the people are, are much different. What, what is it like over there, uh, state, being stationed yeah. over there? It was, it was kind of wild. I mean, part of my job is like being a gypsy. So we were just kind of driving all over the place, just clearing roads everywhere. Um, so we got to see a lot of, of at least southern Afghanistan. And down there, it's kind of drug territory too. So I mean, there'd be poppy fields and marijuana fields as far as the eye can see. I mean, kind of like you'd see cornfields out here, you know. Um, And then another area is it was urban environments and stuff. But everywhere it was, or just about everywhere, it was very, very poor. I mean, sometimes you'd see some some more lavish stuff, and you knew that that was probably coming from the drug money or something else, you know. Um, But, like, it's a beautiful country. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the, the, the landscape is breathtaking. I mean... It's it's very much like Southern Colorado in, in a lot of respects, um, but the the people there are just so poor, and it's it's really sad because it's just like they have almost no hope. And like we would be out there on early morning missions, and they would just be sitting out there on the side of the road, and it's like they had just nothing to do. I mean, it's a war torn country now, you know. I mean the the only thing that they can do is grow these, these drugs because it's the only thing that was profitable to them at that point. Um, and yet like they don't necessarily like the Taliban and they don't like us or, or in some cases, especially where we were, you know, they either were Taliban or their family was Taliban. And so, you know, they weren't going to really want to work with us. So um, I was kind of in, in the middle of working between the army side and the Marine Corps side. So we were, sort of doing missions for both both sides so we were kind of catching it all but um yeah it was, it was and what yeah and what what does like what does the training take like what kind of severe extensive training do you go through yeah to to be the ied you know master and be able to uh you know craft you know uh per- perfectly you know perform at this job um you know, a lot of it really is uh, is just learning how to have a lot of attention to detail because um, a lot of in patients, that right? environment, yeah, and a lot of patients. I mean, a lot of the job is like 
it's just 90% just sheer boredom because you're staring at desert all day long, driving at five miles an hour, you know. Um, but you're looking for just like a little, you know, glimmer in the sand or, you know, a wire that could just, you know, faintly be seen. And out, out where I was, much of the sand is like talcum powder. So, I mean, they could just take it over and it's disappeared. Or in the north, it snows and then you'll, you know, just totally covered and you're never going to find it. Um, so then you have to kind of rely on some of the technology and everything else that they give you. Um, but it was, you know, at the time, it, it was sort of a, a rudimentary way of fighting a war on their side and a rudimentary way of finding it on our side, you know. Sometimes you literally just have to take a pickaxe and go walk on that rock pile and dig it and see if there's a bomb under it. So now, now is some of the stuff you're witnessing literally straight out of the movie? I mean, some of the the the, the horrific and graphic scenes that you've witnessed. <laughs> yeah. So you know, yesterday being Memorial Day, it's sort of like the one day. Thank you for your year, service. God two bless days. You, man. It's my honor. Thank you. Um, but it's sort of like one of the one or two days out of the year that my wife affords me the opportunity to watch a war movie with her. And so we yeah. watched um, Lone Survivor yesterday. And Great so she's movie. sitting there just like, yeah, it's an amazing movie. And Marcus Luttrell is the real deal. Um yeah, all of those guys are. I mean, I could, I could, I've seen it in that action. I mean, sometimes we would do some of these missions where we're clearing the road for them, and then they'd hit the target right behind us. So, like, you sort of have a front row seat watching the stuff happen right in front of you. And then, oftentimes, yeah. like, we are then, you know, what's what's called a QRF, the Quick Reaction Force. So, if they need help, we're swooping in there, you know. Or oftentimes, right. we need help, and they come swooping in there. Um, you know they've they've saved our our butts you know many many times. I mean, I, I was showing my wife all of the different aircraft that were up there, and you know all those all those you know angels in the Air Force that were saving our life all the time. I mean, my little brother's serving in the Air Force right now, and you know sometimes we have that you know inter service rivalry, but really at the end of the day, like you know every time I meet a Navy vet, I'm like, you served in the greatest Navy you know this world has ever seen. You know, that is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's really just a, a big brotherhood at the end of the day. I mean, I served with a lot of Marines, you know, so like I, they call combat engineers sappers. And so sometimes we say sapper fi to the Marines, you know, and they say semper fi and that's kind of our deal. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really a big brotherhood, but yeah, I mean, it's, it was kind of like, sometimes it's like Hollywood. I mean, you hear the, the hiss of the bullet going by your head and the snap and, Surreal. you know, I mean, yeah, it really, sometimes the first time it really happens to you, you're like, holy cow, it really does sound like that, you know, and uh, yeah. I don't want to deal with that again, and then it happens again, and, um, you know, I guess one one of the, I was talking to a police officer friend of mine today, and I said, you know, you guys had to, you know, subject yourself to repeated traumas day in and day out, you know, um, so I was like, you guys, you know, have to understand what it's like, is you know, one day sucks, but the next day comes and you have to go back out there and try it again and it might suck again, you know, and it might be okay too. I mean, the cool part about my job is like we'd find an IED and you had the just a most amazing feeling because you knew that potentially, you know, many lives could have been spared, you know, from just that one one incident right there. So, right. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, Mike Peters in New York. Go ahead. 
Yeah, as as Rory said, I, I want to thank you for your service. All of us, of course, thank you for your service. And and I've got a kind of a strange attachment to Fort Drum in a way because I'm 60. I'll be 63 this year. But my God, when uh, back in '78, I bought a used Army Jeep from a guy in Avon, Colorado, that bought it when Camp Hale shut down. So I've got an original mm. 1944 GPW from the 10th. Yeah, that's the real 10th yeah. mountain, you know, where, where there's actually a mountain in, in <laughs> around there. Because I got up to Fort Drum, and I was like, where's all the mountains for the 10th mountain place? You know, it's, <laughs> it's pretty yeah. flat there, you know. Yeah. So now you, were you with the 7th? Uh, yeah, 7th engineer. Yep. yep. You were the 7th. Yep, so you're 12 Bravo. Uh, did they ever try to get you mm-hmm. over into EOD? Um, well, I mean, we, we had some EOD guys that rolled out with us, but it was, it was a different, different mission. You know I mean? EOD was out there. They, they kind of knew where the bomb was and they were there to go defuse it. We, we were out there to actually be sort of the minesweepers, you know? So they, they brought in two, there were two EOD units. I'm here in New York. I'm down in Westchester and the two of the groups I'm honored to say, you know, that uh, they came by my house. Rory, one of these days are going to get you back here to see my collection. I think you'd enjoy it. Because I've, I've collected war souvenirs since I was a kid, and uh, since I was seven years old, and I've got a lot of ordnance, a lot of uniforms, medals, helmets, and what they want, what they did was they brought a whole group in, and everybody picked out one piece, one detonator, one piece, whatever, and they had to write up what it was, when it was made, how to disarm it, how to handle it, and because it was stuff that they're not seeing. It's not in the books and everything, but it's stuff that you were into. It's stuff that you were running into in Afghanistan. A lot of it's World mm-hmm. War II vintage. A lot of it is British leftover vintage and American leftover vintage. Oh, yeah, yeah. As well as the world. Yeah, old stuff. Old Russian munitions old and Chinese yep. munitions. Yep, and, yep. Um, all leftover, uh, a mismatch. And, you know, and some of it was, which is scary, is the modern stuff that the Iranians were supplying and it was coming in from China and some of it was even old NATO stuff, which we didn't want to admit where it came from, from Italy and Germany and England and old stuff that, you know, was inherited somehow. But we don't want to, you know, piss off any of our <clears throat> allies, do we? No, we don't want to mention that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, you, did, you did a wonderful job. I mean, what you did, you have a lot to be proud of. You really did. Because uh, we lost a lot of our, I mean, guys that we know. Because we, my wife and I run DFAC, we feed guys were government contractors and I know mm. many of the guys that that didn't come home. So and you made it oh, possible yeah. for many to come home. So you have a lot to be proud of. And so thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well it's been my honor. Thank you. Uh Dr. Branch, go ahead. Yes, uh, I'd like to echo what everyone said. You're, I, Dr. Branch, you're cut your try try your Okay, I, I I would like to echo you're what now. you're good. You're good. Okay, I'd like to echo what everyone says. Uh, you know, thank you for your service. I'm a, I'm a veteran, and I'm also a father of a vet. And, um, you know, I I, I was listening both. to. Oh no, I mean, I, I'm I'm just sitting here, uh, thinking to myself, I could not fathom going to your permanent duty station, and somebody saying, well. You know, uh, don't unpack your bags. You're going to Afghanistan, and you say, well, what about training? And it's like, well, on-the-job training for dismantling IDs. Um, you know, that's <laughs> – to me, I just – you know, I, I, I said – you know, I was in the Air Force, and, 
you know, I know what you said about the planes up there. I uh, repaired and maintained cryptographic computers, and uh, we had my first tech school right out of basic training was down at Lackland for another year. Uh, then I went to the permanent duty station, and they sent me to two more for six more months. So I had a year and a half of training to babysit computers. I could not fathom what you went through. Uh, you know, uh, you know, and, and Rory asked, well, what, you know, what extensive training did you go through? And, you know, I, I picked up on that really quickly when you said I was just on the job training. Holy yeah. crap. You know, yeah, they, you know, they, you know. But God bless you for what you did, and I know you saved a lot of lives, and I, that's so appreciative. Yesterday was Memorial Day, and, you know, like you, you know, we, we all, you know, uh, honored those that fell. Um, but the thing is, is you can go to bed tonight knowing that what you did, a lot of mothers and fathers are very happy that what you did brought some of their sons and daughters home. So. You know, so thank you for doing that. I, I, I sincerely appreciate that as the nation, and it's incredible. It's incredible. What, one thing I do want to ask you, though, going on your political aspect, uh, sure. because, you know, a lot of us here are, are political people. I'm political down here in, in Arizona. and well. Actually, I came down here from Colorado Springs. I owned a, a company up there from uh, – a computer company, actually a chip development company up there, uh, Atmel. Uh, okay, so you started our old company. Then. Oh yeah, absolutely. Actually, we started. We were Honeywell, and uh, Honeywell sold their division, Solid State Electronic Division, to Atmel. When they did that, we started our own company called Silicon Mountain Design. It's still there. I sold my interest in '94 and moved down here. But uh, I I know where the what Rory's got to understand <laughs> is that's the well, that's the hub of the, uh, you know, focus on the family. Very Christian conservative oh, yeah. beliefs mm-hmm. there in, the, in 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 Colorado Springs. So, but I want to yeah, know. I, I had a great education out there. I, I'm really, really blessed that I just sort of found those professors because they uh, they really showed me the light. And Rory, this is this is something I did not mention in in sort of my you know biography, but. Um, you know, in the time since I've gotten out of the army, one of my, you know, little hobbies that I like to do is, you know, researching my ancestry. And it was rumored when I was little that we were related to Benjamin Franklin. And half of my family believed it, half of my family did not. And when I got back, I was like, you know what, I want to figure out if this is true or not. And so my wife and I did the ancestry thing. We did the DNA and everything. And ancestry connected me, boom like instantaneously right to him. Um, Benjamin Franklin is my 10th grade uncle. So uh, his grandparents are my 10th grade grandparents. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Uh, That's nice. Yeah, so he's, he's my guy. So when, when I was in school, I, I really studied him very, very heavily. I've gotten to speak with like the Cato Institute and um, do a lot of, cool stuff relating to Benjamin Franklin. So if ever I get a chance to talk about Benjamin Franklin, I, you know, I jump at it. He's my, he's my guy. So. Of course. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. Um, Daryl, Daryl, go ahead. Well, I didn't know we were in the presence of royalty. That's very exciting. <laughs> hey, hey uh, thank you so much for your service. I'm someone that's been a civilian my entire life and, and it means all the world to me what you've done over there. Uh, just, just hearing, just, just echoing what, what our other guests have said. Just, 
just putting myself in, in your shoes, being out there, you know, looking for those IEDs, um, it's it's very humbling. So I, I really want to thank you for that. And I know we're we're coming in towards the end of the show, so I won't talk your ear off too much. Uh, let me ask you, I heard you mention growing up in the MJ era. What, what do you think of these punks today trying to say LeBron is better than Jordan? Uh, I think it's just, it's, it's almost criminal, it's you know, but I, 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 uh, it should yeah, be. I, mean, I, 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 agree. I do appreciate, you know, I defend the first amendment, but I think that, you know, it, it also allows you to sound like an idiot as well. So, yeah, yeah, that's Jordan all day. All right, my man. Well, appreciate what you do. God bless you. And, uh, anyone can check me out at Daryl Kane, 2024.com and Rory look forward to tuning in on our next program. Absolutely, and just for the record, let's set the record straight here. Michael Jordan is hands down, without question, the greatest of all time, but Kobe's better than LeBron. Kobe's better than LeBron. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, you know, people want to say LeBron's better than Kobe, and that's not even the case. Uh, Kevin, go ahead. Well, thank you so much for your service. I can't even imagine what it's like to, to be on the job doing what you do and everything that you've uh, witnessed over your time on, on service. And uh, so I pretty much want to cut to the chase asking about uh, what kind of experience you've uh, had regarding uh, essentially the partisan uh, blowback that you get from if it's uh, Democrats, if they've um, – been, I would say, rough or very uh, uh, demeaning to you in your service, and uh, I'd like to hear if it's anything that uh, the Republicans can uh, do to kind of uh, better embellish what, it's, what it means to be a, a veteran and uh, all the service that uh, you, you and your uh, teammates have gone through. Oh, thank you very much. Um, you know, I actually had the honor of being the campaign manager this last cycle for a guy named uh, Colonel Craig Wilcox. He was a uh, United States Air Force colonel, um, and he was running for Illinois State Senate. And so he was like, hey, I found a fellow vet. You and I are going to tag team this together. And I ran his campaign, and we won. Um, But during that time, the Democrats were getting so desperate because they were going after, you know, a, a combat vet like him. And they had to find something to go after the guy. I mean, he was pretty squeaky clean. And so here in Illinois, they give us a, um, a, a break on our, our tax or property taxes if you're a disabled veteran. And depending on your service rating, your, your percentage is dependent on, you know, how much of a tax break you get. So, you know, like for me, I, you know, my rating would uh, permit me to be to live here property tax free. And same thing was the case for Colonel Wilcox, and he uh, he was attacked because he took advantage of this law that was passed unanimously by the General Assembly, and uh, and yet you know they they said oh well you know he has a pension from his military service you know he probably makes all this money why does he need a tax break on his property taxes which makes all of us have to pay more property taxes and. So they wanted to file what was called the Wilcox Amendments, and they wanted to put a cap on the property taxes at a rate that was below the value of what his home is valued at. Um, so that way they priced him out of it. And then, 
you know, they they just play these games here in Illinois, and it's it's just it's terrible. Um, you know, I've I've had a lot of people that have been asking me to run lately because they're like, you know, we need more veterans to come in here and stuff. So I mean, it's if you if you're not if you're not either fighting, you're fleeing. I mean, that's kind of what's going on around here. Um, but I mean, I just when they when they were attacking him for his property tax exemption, that really that really got to me because that was one of the things that enticed me to move back here to Illinois from beautiful Colorado was, you know, I said, okay, well, I could live, go back home, live, you know, tax free and, you know, actually fight to bring Illinois back into some fiscal and, you know, and some policy sanity once more. Um, But it's, uh, it's, it's a tough fight out here. I got to say it's, uh, you know, Chicago really is kind of like the anchor and the boot on the, the throat of, of this state. And uh, no matter what you do statewide, you know, Chicago can come and, and squash it. And, you know, Mike Madigan kind of controls everything out here. So, you know, and if, even if two, like, even if some Democrats go against him, he'll just pull them out of the committee and put two other ones in there and, you know, and then they'll pass something out of there just like they did the other day. So it's, you know, it's really ridiculous. It's sad, but, you know, all we could do is either, like I said, stay here and fight or flight. And, you know, a lot of people, my father included, they're all leaving. But, uh, you know, I came back here to stay and to fight. And, you know, that's what I'm going to do. So. Wow. Very insightful. You answered my questions very well. And I thank you for everything that you've done, both domestic and overseas. Um, And uh, this is Kevin signing off. Uh, You can find me on Nationalist United or nationalistunited.com. Thanks for a great show, everybody. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I do, I do want to go to IQ. I want to give IQ the the final, final thoughts. Uh, IQ, go ahead. It was great listening to the gentleman. Anybody who puts his life in danger in protecting American constitution and American freedom has got my vote every time. But there are very rare people now. The, the millennials are not the same as the generation who fought World War II, no question. Um, unfortunately, because of education system that corrupted them, and it continues to corrupt them. And again and again, we come to the, we come to the same problem. Had the parents of these students objected, the corruption wouldn't have happened. Had the parents of these students stood up and said, no, this is not the way to teach, this is not the curriculum that we should have, this would never have happened. But it happened because nobody was fighting for it. Unfortunately, it brought a new generation which is not patriotic, and they are easily duped by the news media. Although CNN is down, it's not out. MSNBC is down. They're not out. Why? Because 47% of Americans are still brain dead and still support the Democrat Party. I wish you all the best week. Yeah. Uh, IQ, tell everybody where they can find your stuff. Very simple. Just Google my name, Al-Rasuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-O-L-I. You have everything there. It's all free of charge, and it's immense. In the, you can spend months just reading and listening. All right, sounds good, IQ. Thank you so much, and uh, I, I do want to I do want to thank you, Chris, for being on the show tonight. Uh, really, really been a, an honor 
uh, having you on here, and uh, your story is so inspiring and so fascinating. It really is. Uh, please tell everybody where they can connect with you, and uh, we'll definitely have you back soon. Well, thank you very much, Rory. It was uh, really nice getting to share this, and you know, I just want to take a moment and just you know, uh, say that we all need to you know, say a prayer for all those families that you know Memorial Day is not just one day for them; it's you know, it's every day. Um, so Amen. They, they are always you know in my heart. So you guys can find me. I'm you know I'm I'm pretty yeah, easy to find on Facebook. My name's Chris Kaspersky. That's K A S P E R S K I. Um, and you can find me at, you know, Twitter under the same name. Um, and then my, my business that I've started is called Franklin's key LLC. That's Franklin's key Um, and that's where I do some of my political stuffology work and stuff like that. So, you know, if you're running a race and you want to know how to rank your precincts and, you know, target everything, um, using, you know, more of a statistical method, um, you know, that, that's what I, I do now. It's kind of like money ball for politics but it's, uh, it's been successful around here and in this area, which is, you know, really kind of a surprise. So I'm hoping that, you know, we can apply it anywhere that's needed to help Liberty win. So um, thanks, guys. Perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, we'll definitely talk to you soon. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Rory. Take care. You too. Dr. Branch, go ahead. Tell, oh, uh, Dr. Branch, please tell everybody where they can find you. Great show tonight, Rory. Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Bob Branch. That's B O B B R N C H. Have a good night now. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. I want to thank all my guests, my co hosts, my sponsors, and audience. You are all incredible. Don't forget, we're listened to in 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, dnexgenusa.com. And remember, in the coming weeks, we will be having many notable names doing their own shows on the media site. We can't wait to share those details with you. Like always, for the stuff I did not get to tonight, I will get to all of that on Thursday. Uh, God bless all of you, uh, and I will see you all Thursday night. I'm Rory Sodder. Cheers, everybody.